and we're live. So basically, Elliot, these microphones, uh, what you say into it, you can hear it in your headphones. Really? Yeah. yeah. And then the headphones is like feedback. So if you're moving away from the microphone. Yeah. Like, yeah, sick. Have you been in a studio before? Do you know, like... No, this, this is my first time. I'm really excited, guys. So yeah, I've got some song ideas I wanted to run past you. <laughs> we actually said a second ago we'd do the podcast. I'll speak in an accent. Yeah, me and James also spoke before. We thought, you know what? We spoke about it. It was a tough decision. But if you do want us on your next track, we'll do it. It's not uh, a problem. I and think, I'll, and I'll I, sing in a Scottish accent. I actually think there's some way I could get you on the album, maybe in as a skit. You know, like when you used to listen to all the hip-hop albums, there'll be a skit with people chatting on them or leaving a voicemail. I reckon... Imagine adding that on the uh, in your on your resume. Limp Biscuit used to do that. Limp Biscuit. I reckon... I'm, then, I'm actually and, deadly serious about this. We could... Cause just, just purely, because, purely because the, the week the album comes out, we'll get so many sales just from you guys going. We're talking on examples. That's a good move. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh-huh. And then it works for you. It works for us. Don't uh, I don't really think. I don't know how it works for you. And then yeah. when oh, you get to say you've done a song with me. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Done a song. I'll be like, so how? I'll be like, yeah. So basically, man had a two minute music career. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer. Than, it's longer than his sex life. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then you, we actually said this the other day, like. Sometimes when you're enjoying the moment, it's difficult to realize the magnitude of it. But one day you could sit down with your grandkids and be like, look at your granddad here. (laughs) (laughs) Is this when you turn into a Scottish (laughs) guy? You're unbelievable, but your granddad, Jimmy, he was on a rap album. It was kind of two-step garage, but back in in the day. And then your kids with their Lithuanian accents, I'm assuming, will be, that is so lovely, granddad Jimmy. Very nice. Tell a story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's, it's it's actually mad that like in in several like generations time you could be like oh did I ever tell you that I was on a, a best selling album they're like no you weren't it's like yeah this guy I think that's one of the coolest things about like YouTube Insta like you can your great 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 grandkids can go there and be like oh this was my great 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 granddad he was an OG bruv yeah it's like I always think about like some random stuff that I've done like and that, that I could tell. It's just like your kids one day because it's all about it. you don't really tell these stories to your grand, granddad so hopefully I live to see my grandkids but <laughs> I was uh, you know when they're like did you ever try acting dad grand <laughs> oh they'll be Aussie won't they did you ever try acting granddad and I'll be like I did your granddad was in a film once called White Island about Ibiza what did you do in it I killed Billy Zane who's Billy Zane the baddie from Titanic oh is it that's, that's actually a true story I've acted there was in, a bad guy in Titanic. <laughs> I've, I've acted in two films, and one of them had a fella from Lord of the Rings in it, Billy Boyd, and Billy Zane. Billy Zane was in it, and I had a gun, and I killed Billy Zane, and he falls off a boat. Jamie, bring that uh, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew you had that in your bullet note, so... I would love to do a bit of acting. Oh, I was no. not very good, and also I'm so impatient. The thing is with music is you can kind of just go, I'm writing a song, um, and and then the impatient part is waiting for it to come out. Oh, here isn't he in the Mummy? My guy, he's in a he's few in things. a lot of films. Yeah. He's in the Mummy. That's I, how, he's still he alive. Be... I only killed him in the movie. Oh. But um, the thing with films, I mean, you, you probably know when you've done photo shoots and stuff or TV show, there's a lot of waiting around for people. And I just yeah, I don't I mind don't, waiting I don't around. Like, I don't wait. I don't mind waiting around for me to go on stage. <laughs> like it's my gig. But I, but I don't want to be like you know like the film with films. They're like, oh, the weather's changed. You know. Yeah, or, yeah. or the lighting guys need three more hours. Three more fucking hours. Yeah, because I think like you know when we like we make content or whatever, we're in control, right? So when you're somewhere else, when someone else is control, it must be a lot harder. I actually, so I got asked to do an advert, and I'm like really anti adverts because of all your posts. You can't do it now. But it was for Amazon. Oh, so it's all right. Money talks with Audible. Actually, I I didn't take the money. I said I'll do money it. Money talks. 
<laughs> Actually, the fee I got for the day, I was like, we would just give it to a charity. Oh, what a guy. So, but I was like, I want to get in bed with Amazon and Audible because I've got best-selling yeah. audiobook. I was like, it's sick connect. So they were like, okay, yeah, you're going to do it with Celeste Barber. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, she's got amazing banter. She's like a national treasure of Australia. I was like, this would be amazing. Filming in Sydney, getting picked up. Worst day of my life. Really? Worst day of my life. So I got picked up uh, in like a nice car, got taken to the set. Now I thought I'd be able to like throw a bit of banter around with Celeste. She got kept so far away from everyone. She literally just come onto set the second they finished, she was snatched away. Is that all females being kept away from you? No, no, no. It wasn't. <laughs> so then we got James Smith coming through, put all the females into their, their special room. I was in like a, a fitness scene. Yep. So okay. they, they created a gym in this big mansion in Sydney. So they had to have all the gym equipment brought in to make it look like it. Do you just get treated just like, like just a PT? So. No, no. So I saw, <laughs> no, I saw, I just want to be treated like a real PT. <laughs> I saw all of the, uh, all of the fitness people. They're all sat there like in a park. So I went and sat with them, chatted to them, introduced myself to them. And a woman comes over and she's like, no, you shouldn't be here. Your talent. Come on. And she was like, these are extras. She said your talent to you. But then she kind of shooed away the extras. She was like, you don't want to be sat with these people. So she That's horrible. I know, yeah. And I was like, all right. So I thought, right, where am I going? So they took me to like a, a makeup van and I'm getting like makeup and I don't mind getting makeup. It's quite nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> then, need a but then they give you the outfit and I was like, nah. I was like, surely not. What was not. it? The biggest oversized orange t-shirt I've ever seen and these massive baggy basketball shorts. And I'd brought my own stuff to the set. And I was like, look, I've got unbranded fitness clothes, like it said in it. They were like, no, we've been sorry. We've been told you have to wear this. And I was like... This oh. was filmed in Oz, right? Yeah. The clobber's a bit mad there as well. Mate, and I'm, I'm sat- <laughs> Is it all orange? So you look, you look like you have an exercise at a, a state like penitentiary. <laughs> I think they either wanted the audible colours or from my book one colours... So they, I think they were trying, mate, I'm not even joking. I think they were trying to replicate that look. What have I got to promote? Um, your face, don't your, worry. Your single will get there. And um, <laughs> mate, so I get there and I was like a bit ostracized. They said, oh, just sit wherever you want. Someone set on my own. I sat down. We were six hours late, six hours, but no one came up to me. They were like, oh, you'll be on in 15 minutes. Five hours later, I'm sat there. Did you get paid for today? I gave away the fee. I was like, I don't want it. Wow. Was it a big fee, if you don't mind me asking? It was only like three, four $4,000. Oh, okay. But I thought I was... It, they said you'll be in like a 15-second advert. In and out. Yeah. So then I'm sat there for five hours. I've got no one to talk to. I'm just kind of like chilling on set. It's, it's a really yeah. underwhelming experience. Well, you know, even for yourself, like even if you would... Like when you come around to my house and you set up your own cameras, that might take 15, 20 minutes. Imagine when you're, you've got, you know, there's a crew of 60, 70 people. That's the problem is like whenever I shoot a music video, I usually say... Like, I've done like 50 music videos now and I usually say to people... Or my managers will say he likes to be in and out. Like, you know, just tell him what he needs to do. He's done it a load of times. Tell him where he needs to be. And the more people that are in the crew, the longer it takes. Because it's almost like everyone's got to do a job. But then essentially, sometimes you can shoot a music video with three or four people. Just a camera guy, a lighting guy, a makeup girl. And then when there's 60, 70 people, you're on set at 6 a.m. And you don't start filming till 11 a.m. Because we're just trying to light it. We're just trying to light. You're a lighting guy. Just light it. And then the electric guy or whatever, the, you know, the gaffer and all these, they're just like, yeah, we just got to sell a tape some wires to the floor, be another 45 minutes. You're like, you could you should have sell a tape two hours ago. Mate, it's great. They're, they're, so they had about 40 people just in this background scene. So 40 extras in the background. And so they would walk across the room, grab a towel. They're like, again, so they would have to go back, give the towel to someone who folded it perfectly, put it back. And they did the same take again. <laughs> I'm stood there. So I was like, oh, the six hour wait's up. I'm there watching the same scene. Take 71, take 72. No. Mate, I'm not joking. 72? 
Mate, so many takes. That's why the whole day was taking so long. And then I had my scene with Celeste where basically she steps onto a treadmill listening to an audiobook. And she catches eyes with me training. And she goes, I might, it was Lord of the Rings. She's like, I might have to finish the whole thing. They cut all my lines on the day. <laughs> <laughs> all my lines. But they still made me record them, Darren. So they're what, like, they're like, where is this ad? I, afterwards, I was like, I don't want to be in it. I was like. So you completely cut, like wiped from history. Well, mate, but the thing is, so they said, we want you to do an advert. Did you get to meet her? No. All <laughs> She's just over there on set. Yeah, mate. So I had to interact with her on the advert, but they never let me speak to her. I never got to say hello. Never even got to introduce Wish I myself. Was, I would have crawled across the room like, hey, what are you saying? My name's Darren. <laughs> <laughs> you'd actually be good in the, in the acting world, I reckon. You'd, well, annoy, you'd annoy the hell out of everyone. I'd like want to try it. Like I'd want to try it. I'd want to try it. It was so underwhelming day. to go to a set and spend a whole day there, sitting around in dead fucking shit clothes, <laughs> to then have all my lines cut from it. And then they gave me new lines and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This wasn't arranged. And it was almost like degrading what they were trying to get me to say. They wanted me to count reps as I was training. Whilst looking her in what? the eyes. As a PT? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, like, you know Anchorman. You know yeah, Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. They wanted me to, but the thing is, the way they were filming it, I'm supposed to be looking at her, but I'm not. They put an X in tape on the wall. Like you're looking at her. <laughs> and they're like, so they're asking me to bicep curl going, a thousand one, a thousand two, but not the Anchorman quote. They've made it their own. That's got something to do with the audiobook. And I was like, this makes no sense. I'm literally being objectified. But you know, a lot wow. of times, you it's know, true. Yeah, it sounds like it. You Go see, on. you see some of these ads. Like a lot of the time, people that are directing it, some of them are really not that creative. Mm. Whereas sometimes, like, like you're creating your own way. Obviously, so are you. Obviously, so am I. Sometimes it's better to give it to, like one guy and make it more simplified. Too many and chefs fun. spoil yeah, the exactly hundred percent hundred percent. There's there's lots of different types of directors, don't there? Because there's some directors who like even do the filming themselves. They want to do the cinematography. And then they love shouting on set. But then there's one zoo, very like, just very quiet. And then they've got like an assistant director and the assistant director is the one who actually does Isn't this all the what, shouting. This is what you started in, wasn't it? I started in film, yeah. I, I studied film at university. And then when I left uni, I went to Australia for a bit when I was 21, worked in at Fox Studios. And then when I came back to UK, worked at Paramount Comedy and MTV doing, I was in tape library, then doing bits of editing, voiceovers. Who's your I favorite? Probably know, I should probably know more about films than I do about music. But the music's turned out all right. Who's your <laughs> have you got a favourite director? Um, I'd say probably Martin Scorsese. I was going to say, it would probably going to be Tarantino, Scorsese. He's probably going to be Christopher Nolan or... Nolan, <laughs> Nolan's my guy. Nolan's my guy. Man. <laughs> like um, <laughs> Tarantino was on Rogan. And I love that. It was three hours long, wasn't it? I still I haven't listened listen to that. I listened to that in like six sauna sessions at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's in that half an hour each one. But it's an amazing what? guy, isn't he? Do you have headphones in the sauna? Um, no, I put a little uh, UE boom on the floor of the sauna with my phone outside the sauna. That's a smart idea. That is a smart it's idea. It's called technology. <laughs> <laughs> Think technology do. Out now. I'm not actually sure if I've seen a Scorsese film. What? You ever seen you Goodfellas? No. Oh, yeah. what? I seen Goodfellas. Uh, you have to see Goodfellas. Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casino? No. How have you not seen Casino? I've seen a lot of films, Goodfellas. but just never Bad really. Casino's one of the better. Have you seen The Departed? Yes. Okay, so you have seen some Scorsese films. Have you but seen, like, the, not have the, you seen the classics like Taxi Driver, Raging no. Ball? No. Oh my God. These are the ones. It's not like you're 18, mate. 
But then I, I found this after listening to Tarantino. I was like, I need to listen to, uh, no, I need to watch more Tarantino films. So I rewatched Pulp Fiction. I watched that when I was a kid. Unbelievable and, film. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Have you seen some of like the directors? Because the, the, the time just changed. In Hollywood, they're like refusing to do Netflix stuff because they don't want Hollywood to die because it's slowly like deteriorating due to how big Netflix is becoming. And Amazon as well, yeah. And Amazon, yeah. Or, or like people are making films and then not knowing how to, how to distribute it. And then Netflix just coming and going, yeah, we'll buy that for 50 million. They're like, all oh, right, you have it. Yeah, and the thing is, these these monsters, like, we spoke about this before, I'm really concerned about how quick Amazon is growing. Because once someone takes enough mass of the market, there'll be nothing left. I reckon Netflix, Amazon, there'll be podcasts on there soon. Mate, there is. I just signed my, <laughs> I just signed this podcast over to Amazon. They came for me. They didn't offer me money. They, I was like, what? Are no, you gonna- but the video. Oh, yeah, mate. They're, they're going to they're gonna take everything into one place. Look at Amazon Fresh. Do you have that yeah, in Australia? We don't have it, but I know what it is, yeah. Mate, milk in two hours. Yeah, I know. I ordered the other day. It just comes so quickly. I already can feel... Quick, what would you mean in two hours? What? So you order your food in the morning, what's their fresh food, and within two hours, a brother just drops it off to your house. Is that... From Amazon, through Amazon. Through the wow. Amazon website. Amazon Fresh. You don't even have to leave your house, man. It's mental. Wow, that's so. It's so like completely in, cut out Ocado's. You know, there's of a store in London where yeah. you can walk in, like with your Amazon account. You don't have to check out anything. It knows what you put into your bag, and you walk out. It takes it out of your account. <laughs> yeah, I swear, mate. So, I've been in Brisbane, mate. We don't have that. Like, you know, we got kangaroos on the golf course, but that's it. Amazon's not actually that well respected in Australia. No, nah. because when we released yeah. books there, it took a long time for Amazon to kick in. They, they respect their local bookstores. You've got like Booktopia, the booksellers, you've got all these different businesses. The Aussies are actually one of the last remaining people to be like, now, nah, mate, this is going to fucking fuck us. Yeah, you know what drives me mad about Australia? Because you don't see many white delivery vans out. If you drive around London, it's just all white yeah, delivery yeah. vans. All that takes time. And then, you know what? People in Oz that don't use WhatsApp, I don't get it. <laughs> Australia's behind like, quite stick a few to things. iMessage, mate. I'm like, bruv, you need to use WhatsApp. Do you know what's also mad about Australia? Obviously, they've got like, McDonald's and that but you know how like England's obsessed with like the sort of mid-range chain restaurant Leon Pret yeah. Starbucks yeah. and then the Cot Brasserie and Chicken yeah, Cottage Pizza yeah. Chicken Cottage <laughs> you know, like Wagamama it's just pretty decent food and they're everywhere in every city Australia doesn't really have that it's they're like, like they're way more about supporting independent businesses you don't really get chains you know what I mean yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. 6 out of 10 isn't it you're in that middle ground if you're a 6 out of 10 not objectifying women by the way I'm calling myself a 6 out of 10 but <laughs> You would have called yourself. <laughs> Objectify Wagamamas. Can you imagine a feminist going, Did you just quantify my sexual attractiveness out of 10? I feel degraded. Yes. <laughs> I, can imagine, I can imagine one of your followers doing that. Huh? Um, some absolute lunatics on there. You're completely right. That mid tier kind of, um, look, even look at, no offense, bills, right? Bills, yeah. Like, it's all right. It's all right, yeah. But when you go to Australia, there's none of that. You might have like three in, say, Sydney, like three really good high level ones, but. It is, but the thing is, what I'm saying is, when you have that much, uh, that that scale of business, people don't care. Yeah. Because it's a brand that gets the hit. If someone takes a shit in your Nando's, Nando's get the shit, not yeah. the actual restaurant. When you're in Australia gotcha. and they're, they're privately owned, the ones we've even been to, the waiter comes past and sees a, a, a poached egg that's a little bit hard. He'll be like, I'm so sorry about that. And he'll whisk it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The customer service is better in Australia and the attention to detail, even in the shittest little greasy spoon cafe original, you know, equivalent. But I think that's because they get paid more. They get paid more and they have happier lives. I think the quality of produce is probably better as well. That too. But, but they like, do, yeah, they're the best quality like 21 of life. Imagine being 18, yeah? Like, when you were 18 in the UK, imagine if you were getting 21, 22 dollars an hour. Yeah. You weren't getting that, you were getting four or five pounds maybe. Minimum yeah. wage has gone up quite a bit here. It's like eight to ten pounds. Yeah, but Australia's still like I think. I think if you found, like, 
people doing the shittest jobs in the UK versus the people doing the shittest jobs in Australia, the Australians will be infinitely more happy. Because you know? of the lifestyle. Yeah. Because of the lifestyle, yeah. the, the weather, the way, you know, the benefits, the way they're treated, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's just like... Colour of the sky. Colour of the sky. That's what it's all about. Do you know we've had three days of clear skies in the last month? I've counted. <laughs> I've been here like days. nearly two weeks and I think I've seen sunshine like twice. And what are we in? August coming September. Proper festival weather, isn't it? I was buzzing when I moved into my new place. Three days, had a garden, or have a garden. Three days of nice weather, and then boom, that was it. What annoys me is every time something is subpar, you can complain, but you cannot complain about the weather. Yeah. Who do you go to? Excuse me, God. <laughs> that's what English people really like. That's, I think that's when people, British people, just like, that's what they bond over the most, isn't it? The weather. You never, like, I don't really hear that in Australia. People don't just go, you know, bumping someone in the coffee shop or on the train or the bus and just go, <laughs> cold day, hey. <laughs> just like, well, in England, people who, if you did that in Australia, people are like, fucking weirdo. Like, but in London, people just walk past, they go, shit weather, innit? They go, oh, fucking horrible. It's true, innit? British weather. Yeah. You get a taxi driver and he goes, oh, mate, is it pissing down today or what? Oh, it's pissing down. In Oz, the taxi driver is just like, where you going? And then when you tell him, you just go, day for it, mate. Day for it. Yeah. <laughs> day for it. They go, bloody day for it. <laughs> fucking pom, where'd you learn that? So. We've that nice little warm introduction. There's some welcome to the because we know you more now, innit? So we, we, can, we just get straight into yeah. it. Before we were a bit and like, we've all missed each other. So. Like, uh, 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 I example, I obviously didn't get the memo about the blonde hair. I don't, you could put it off. It looks good with tan, tan skin, darker skin. I've got good, two but... more years. I'll wait till I get to Smith's age and then have that midlife crisis. Oh, am I sorry, bro. <laughs> no joke. Use post, post midlife, post, post Malone crisis. Use a little bit of toner in that as well, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I need to update it because I've got um I've got a photo shoot. Uh, I've got a photo shoot on Friday for Armani. Don't ask how or why. But yeah, you get me. In fact, to be honest, it's Emporio Armani. Where's the shoot at? It's actually down the road from the next studio, work studio. But um, I'm doing this this Armani campaign and then they were like, they offered it to me last week and then he called me and was like, oh, you're blonde. And I was like, yeah. Okay, I just wish you'd have told me. It's like, why? What's wrong? Outfits and stuff. Yeah, they're just, you know, if they're, they're looking at you on Instagram and then they're like, yeah, Elliot's in town, we'll use him. And then <laughs> you go blonde, but they seem to be all right with it. They're not going to pull the plug. When you do that stuff, can you jack the clothes? Yeah. My guy. Erin and I did... Um, Get me some boxers. Erin <laughs> and I did a shoot in Tokyo. Hi, if you're listening, hi, Erin. Hi, Erin. How's hi, it going? Good eye. Um, we did a shoot in Tokyo with um, Tasuti. So Tasuti, like, you know, the online fashion store. They're massive up north. So if you go to shopping miles in Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle, Tasuti's like your main thing. And they've got all like the Machino and the Versace and okay. uh, all the big brands. And we did a shoot in Japan, in Tokyo, just before the pandemic kicked off. So this was like January 2020. And we could, we had to, they, they basically said you can keep all your clothes. We had like 10 looks each and um, like everything, Alexander McQueen, all sorts. Really? Like, and we couldn't, we, we didn't have enough space in our suitcase to take it all home. Oh, you poor things. No, I'm just saying you do get to keep it, but <laughs> um, sometimes the suitcase isn't big enough. But I'm the sort of guy, I like to come home and just dish it out to the family and yeah. like, cheer people up. You know what I mean? I like I pair, wear a pair of trainers a couple of times, give them to your manager, give them to my dad, give them to my brother-in-law. Do you, do you give your trainers away? Do I fuck? <laughs> yeah, all yours cost two oh, bags. No, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I like doing that as well. It's nice. Imagine like for all those people buying these books and they're just like, oh, sign my book for me. And it's just like, yeah. gets to 220 books. And he's just like, yeah, I'm getting them creps now. Yeah, you get me. How do you make a pound a book? Less than. There you go. 80p. I do apologize, guys. Oh, 
how disrespectful I'm mean, at this can. moment. <laughs> no, we are sponsored by. <laughs> oh, mate, it's infused, infused with wonky black currants. That's right. <laughs> Do you know what that means? So basically, fruit that was going to go in the bin is used to make those drinks, and That's they're good. delicious. Yeah, it's, it's great. Nice. Try it. It's Try nice. it. Yeah, he's going to swallow his we words. We practically now. kissed. <laughs> that's, that's delicious it's fucking that's lovely good. isn't it yeah you can have some bro uh, yeah, nice. so Dash Water if you're listening uh, send the invoice to uh, no, send the paycheck we'll send you the invoice not invoice sorry. <laughs> sorry sorry the fruit on the mind that wonky fruit's got me wonky where have you, where have you got to go later uh, i got to go to Portsmouth to go to Southampton why can't you just go to Southampton because I am borrowing my dad's car so I'm going to park it are your family in Ascot Wow, I'm confused. But so I'm going, have a lovely day. Going from here to Richmond to get the train from Richmond to Ascot. My dad's going to pick me up from the station. We're going to go home and say, Dad, can I borrow your car, please? I'm going to drive it to Portsmouth so I can park it somewhere nice to get a lift to Southampton to do a book signing, to go back to Portsmouth to do jiu-jitsu, to go back to Ascot to stay at my parents. Lovely. And then, and then meet me in Edinburgh. <laughs> Is that your next thing? Uh, on Friday, I've got to do a business talk and then Saturday, I've got James's show. So What's the next show? Cardiff? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Amazing. Edinburgh. But then I've got a book signing in Cardiff and then Liverpool and then Edinburgh. We um I've got um a gig at a Sundown Festival on Saturday in Norfolk and I'm third on the main stage. I think it's Bugsy Malone. Ah, oh, sick. Becky Hill, me. After this pod, you'll probably go yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about 30,000 people. And oh, Cream wow. I'm we were so buzzing after Creamfields. Wait, no, wait. Mate, I was the videos looked unreal. Yeah. It was well, but that's what so What was it like? It, for it, you? it was mate, to be honest. Um before the show. I had a bit of a, a wobble, a wobbler. Now, I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram, there's a guy called Liam Channels. He's like, he's like my best mate, but he's a really successful businessman, but he also just comes and does my security and driving for free. He does the driving because he's sober and he does security because he's an absolute fucking unit. Okay. And security guards just move out of the way from him because he just commands some respect. And I was obviously missing my wife and kids, but also nervous that there wasn't going to be anyone in my tent and the reason for that is because I haven't played Creamfields for like seven years last time I played I was on main stage just before Avicii RIP and um, I had about 40,000 people and I was the only live band of the weekend or live act because everyone's a DJ yeah or the only person who shouts a lot yeah 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 <laughs> and I genuinely I, my tent was like 8,000 Dead Mouse was meant to come Dead Mouse dropped out yeah I moved, <laughs> next dead mouse. Uh, no, and then I moved up the bill to headline. So then we were like, we brought in the confetti and the lasers and the streamers and the CO2 and the fire and all that. All my full visual package behind on the walls, which you'll see if you come to the gig. I think you're going to come Chelmsford maybe. Yeah, we're going to come. And then I'm there and I'm doing all my stretches. I'm doing my Wim Hof method and I'm doing my vocal warm-ups. You know, my get down, get down. <laughs> like proper like, treating it proper serious. I'd had like, a gin and tonic and a beer. So I was like, just settled the nerves, but nothing too crazy. And then I just started literally, sh sh I, I, I actually think I had a panic attack and I've never had one before. It weren't like heart palpitations. It was more just sort of like, and then Liam just spotted me and he just cleared the room apart from my DJ and my DJ's wife. And he was just like, everyone like really politely, can you get out? Just they need to go through the set list. And I went, He's like, mate, just let it out. I just went over to him. He gave me the tightest hug and I just started crying. And it was oh, just really? like, yeah, because it was like, I, I thought I was doing like that, going a heavyweight title fight. Yeah. Over, now, I'll over be on, Just over, is there going to be anyone in the tent? Because I'm up against Chemical Brothers, Jamie Jones, Andy C, Eric Prid's first UK show in like five years. But like four of the biggest names in world dance. You've got the biggest drum and bass DJ, like biggest like deep yeah. house, 
biggest like probably the most one of the like biggest live dance acts of all time, the Chemical Brothers, and Eric Pritz. And I'm up against them. And there's like 70,000 people there. And I'm like, we might be performing to 500 people. And then all the, we've got 15 people here filming it, lighting. One guy just to fucking trigger CO2 cannons. I thought, I'm going to let everyone down, let my manager down, let my family down. It's just like fucking proper. You know what I realised about you? Like, you're someone that actually cares and you're quite emotional. I which am, is... but I'm also like, I'm really competitive. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that. Firstly, that I made it out of Australia on the third attempt. Yeah. That my wife and kids on the other side of the world, and usually Aaron would be their side of sage for a, a gig like that. And then, is there going to be anyone there? And then, am I letting people down? And then, my new single's out next week, and that could live or die by this. My bookings next summer could live or die by this. You know, we, we film a packed tent. There were, there were a thousand people outside the tent who could come in. Oh, but you, you capture that on camera, and then next, next year, my live agent's like, you want to book example? And I'm talking not just UK, Scotland, Ireland, Austria, yeah. Hungary. And like before they come back, well, you know, he's been around 15 years. Has he still got it? Regardless of how my music's performing. You show them that video, fucking yeah. yeah. And then you ask for what fee you want and they have to pay it because it's okay, like, yeah. he's playing up against Jamie Jones and the Chemical Brothers and Eric Prids and he's still draw he's still filling out his tent. Yeah. So, but the mad thing is, as soon as I got to the stage, they're doing what they call the changeover where, you know, they're moving the decks, risers and setting up my bits and my manager's there and but he's, we're almost like sparring. I'm doing push-ups, ready to go. You're pumping. Pumping and I'm looking out and I can see the whole tent's packed Sick. even though it's silent. There's no music. And at a dance festival, if it's silent, people off their face on fucking pills are usually going to go, we need to go somewhere else. Quick, follow me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> I've been there. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but the more people kept coming. So I've just like, guys got on the radio to the front of the house, you know, the sound desk. Yeah. Back, just put something on, just like 70% volume. So all of a sudden, like some prodigy yeah. comes on. Yeah. Hey! They're bubbling. And then I start shaking again. And Liam's just there, my mate. It's just like, almost like punching me in the ribs. Just come fucking and get it out. And I've just gone up on stage, and within ten seconds, the, the fucking lights come up and the roar. My my DJ um, DJ wire fist bumped me, and I had that when you're about to cry that. And I just went, "What are you saying, Green Frills?" <laughs> and then I fucking smashed it. Well, I'm getting excited. Yeah, I'm getting excited. I can't wait. About ninety minutes of like the best gig of my life. Probably one of the best days of my really? entire life. Yeah, and then like. Um, my mate got Erin up on FaceTime for all night. She's watching from Australia. Oh, for like fuck, that's cool, that's man. Like, and the tent just kept filling. And then like, every time you can just see outside the tent, it was like, you know, an extra few people just sort of, you know, they're like 200 meters away. But you know what? Like with your tracks, right? You know, when I, when I hear like your big tracks, I'm like, it reminds me of like back in the day, right? And so when people hear that again, they're almost like kind of like reliving a part of their memory. So when they hear that, they'll be so happy. But there, not... there, was, there was some people there like maybe 50 years old, but only, you know, maybe five or six couples dotted around. Most people I'd say were 21. So a lot of them are new fans who maybe heard me when they were 12 or 13. That's great. Or maybe their older brothers or their mums tell them to go see me. Because I was like, who's been to an example gig before? And like maybe half the crowd, like, eh. I was like, who's this their first gig? Half the crowd, it was their first gig. Oh, sick. So I'm just like, I've got this new generation of fans coming through. That's great for the release as I, well, isn't I it? I guarantee they would have been younger at the time and never had the opportunity to come to your gigs. That's yeah, and yeah. that nostalgic hype that occurs. Now, hi, my name And is they know the word to everything. The, the, like, don't forget, like, Chains Rain Kiss Me and Kickstarts are 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And like, I, but they still sound fresh. It's mad. So, I'm like, honestly, I'll shut up now, but I'm, I'm fucking gassed. That's good, man. James man. Smith over here, long time fan. First, <laughs> yeah. first time question. I've been to a lot of festivals, I've done a lot of pills. Like those other acts, <laughs> big man. Those other acts are, are great, and I'm Eric Prids is probably my favorite DJ of all He's time. He's amazing, but there is something about the energy of your music that can't be compared to those. Because if I go to Eric Prids, I'm gonna drop a pill, get a bit wonky, and be like, 
oh fuck these lasers are a bit mad and when he does drop and the, and the big riffs that hit you so you go Way! and you have like a seven- I'm basically doing call and response and arms round if they can get the girls on shoulder make the mosh pit yeah. there's no one else doing that exactly mate. and that's unparalleled and also for other people they can grab their mates and when they come to you it's not like waiting seven minutes for a drop like Pritz they're like you're going to be bouncing jumping around for an hour and a half as those beats drop as well they're going to be experiencing moments of their childhood of like even little things like the amount of times your your songs have been like in films and TV shows and all of these things. So like for them, I'm not surprised they came back. I can completely understand that anxiety. How did it feel? Did you have a peek around the corner? Or you're like, I'm just gonna fucking go out. I sort of it was kind of like slightly downhill. The crowd went slightly down and up, so I couldn't really work. I couldn't see the back of the tent, but it was. Uh, I'm, I'll put it this way: when I played Glastonbury and I headlined the other stage. There was Glastonbury always say there's 150,000 people at the festival. There's fucking 300,000 because you've got about 50, 60,000 people just going for free to work because oh, okay. purely for the amount of shit and litter that needs clearing up. So they might get there and work Wednesday and have Thursday off, then work Friday and have Saturday off. That's how it usually works. So there's like the workers area, which is bigger than most festivals, like 40, 50,000 people. Then you've got maybe 200,000 ticket sales. And then there's the artists and every artist, just, you know, because there's fucking like 2,000 acts on, 3,000 acts. There's like 50 stages and everyone, every act usually brings between two and 10 guests. So you've got 2000 acts times 10. You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of people. It's the biggest yeah. festival in the world. And the, the year I headlined the other stage, which is the, the second biggest stage behind the pyramid stage, the Rolling Stones were on the main stage and I was on headlining the other stage. And my mum and dad flew over from Australia, especially to see it. And my, my dad's the biggest Rolling Stones fan ever. My mum's more Beatles, but my dad's like, and obviously you watch me, but we had 40, 50,000 people watching. Oh, shit. And the best thing of all is the Rolling Stones. It's obviously like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Rolling Stones, but they're fucking money grabbing cunts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the, the 300, 500 pound a ticket, 100 pound a t-shirt. We're going to fucking be tax exiles. So we don't have to pay tax, that kind of thing. But we're still going to vote Tory. Anyway, you get me? Not... <laughs> No, there's a you know at least Ed Sheeran and Elton John, for instance, are like well, yeah, we're going to live in England, and we're going to pay our taxes, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. other people out there who need the money more than us. Yeah, fair play. Anyway, rant aside, the Rolling Stones didn't want their set televised. They were the first headline act at Glastonbury ever to not want their headline set televised, and they have that power. But, yeah, yeah. You just say to the BBC, you're not televising it. Why? If you want to see the Rolling Stones, you have to pay to come see us. And bear in mind, like most, so if you headlined V Festival back in the day. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a quote, but I'm assuming like Oasis, for instance, probably got two million pounds to headline Oasis, uh, V Festival. You know, there's the Chelmsford and there's the Stafford. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know what storms he got for Reading and Leeds. I'd speculate it's a million pounds. That's, that's what you get for headlining those big festivals. That's unreal. Everybody takes a cut for Glastonbury. Everyone. So my fee was probably 20% of what I should have got for Glastonbury. I think maybe the headline app maybe gets two, 300 grand. So if you're Beyonce or Jay-Z, you could, could ask for two million, but you play for, say, two, three hundred grand and spend it, spend the whole thing on production and rehearsals and dancers and band because it's the most televised festival in the world. And you're out, you're, you know, three or four albums straight in the top ten the next day. So the, the Rolling Stones weren't on TV. So everyone's tuned in on BBC iPlayer and all around the world to watch the Rolling Stones. They weren't on. So it's like, and now um, the Rolling Stones don't want their show televised, so we're going to go to the other stage. And here's example. I had three of my albums going to the top 10 iTunes the next day. Oh, that's unreal. So, that's the power of Glastonbury. <clears throat> I, like, I, oh, I spent all my fee on two tour buses, getting my mum and dad down there, 
a 20, 30 guests. I had 50 crew, fucking flamethrowers, you know, the, the lot. But that was just... You, just did like, a, you did a night... What, I mean, the point of the story was, in the lead up to that show, I was no nerves, no anxiety, no worry. Yeah. I thought, I knew we'd definitely have a crowd because not everyone wants to go and see the Rolling Stones out of, say, 300,000 people. Yeah. But I just walked onto that, just like, like Usain Bolt, you know what I mean? At the start of the lineup, you know what I mean? It's just like, Usain Bolt's just there like... <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be a piece of piss. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all the other sprinters, they're like. But uh, and at Glastonbury, I was like Usain Bolt, whatever. When I headlined Dell's Court, come on, whatever. O2 Arena, whatever. But on Creamfields, very humbling experience, and uh, I learned a lot from it. And I think it's gonna it's gonna be better for me going forward as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. You'd be way more confident. It would be like being match fit and going into yeah, yeah. that next game. You know, in that you said ninety minute set. Yeah, and it's all. Nine minutes of just your tracks. When we decided a long time ago to start doing edits and bootlegs and mashups, sick. Okay. So it's it's a, it's like a mega mix. Oh, sick. You know what I mean? okay, so wicked. even some so like the big tunes, we play the whole thing and then we put like a remix on the end. But also we do like we play some classic Faithless, some classic Prodigy, some Chemical Brothers, like some classic Dubstep. Some. Let's go. Did you play um, the new song Groove Armada? Uh, yeah, we played the new single. How played two new singles. The new single just uh, I've got this trick that I do sorry I'm fucking I've had a lot to eat this morning and I've been to the gym and um, <laughs> subtle drop I don't mind if other artists are listening other DJs and they want to nick this idea whenever you're premiering a new song never announce it because if you say to the crowd I'm going to play you a new song <sighs> they stand there for the first three minutes the whole three minutes just taking it in yeah you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like if someone just went hey wait till you see my mate She's coming in. Like Probably she's, what we she's did. She's proper foot, fit. As she walks in, everyone yeah. just goes. Probably what we did. Uh, and then, in you're, your and then you're analyzing her. Whereas if you say nothing about your fit mate who's about to walk in, not to objectify fit mates, but <laughs> if, if you're just like, you're like, who's coming? Oh, yeah, my mate Katrina's coming. All right. And then she just walks in, everyone just goes, you know what I mean? Rather than bigging it up. So if you, I don't big up the single, yeah. just drop it. And then people are like, this is good. And in their head, they're going, they probably look at each other going, yeah, I don't know this one. I remember this one. They haven't fucking heard it because it's out on Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You released this two years ago. You don't know it. And, um, but it's actually, and then by the time it gets to the first drop, everyone's having it. And then as the song finishes, you go, by the way, that's my new single out next week. You go, woo! Because every time I've seen people go, yo, who wants to hear a new single right now? People, you know, and then you drop it and then everyone kind of just goes, because they're like trying to learn the words and take it all you in. You can also see how they how, how they would actually feel about it. Because we did that in your kitchen. Yeah, well, I really like like yeah. people probably going to think we're just trying to sack you off, but genuinely, it's yeah. a banger. No, it and is on, a banger. And on Friday, they're going to find out. I, I keep wanting to like. Well, during I feel the, like it's my best song for like ten years. And I, I, I I'll agree with you. When you <laughs> sent us that link, yeah, when we were listening, because we were kind of listening to it. This was like driving what, up the six coast. months ago yeah. or something. In and Australia. we were like, "Raw, this guy really must trust us," you know. <laughs> yeah, I sent, I sent these guys a private link to I think four or five songs. I was like, "What do you think of the other ones?" You went, "We ain't really got past the first one." <laughs> <laughs> we kept re-listening to it. No, it's sick. Yeah, it's yeah. a proper like, it's a proper banger. I can't. I'm and excited for you. There I'm are going to be a lot of people you. listening that are very excited about uh, tuning in and, and listening to that. So the day it does come out and they see it on your uh, Insta, they see it on our Insta, you just want them to go to Spotify, add it to their playlist. And yeah, just that's what we want to do. I just, got some, I just got some amazing news this morning, which I just told you guys before on, on, on WhatsApp, is like, I've got this new record deal with BMG, who used a massive global co uh, corporation, but they used to be part of Sony BMG, but I think they parted ways because they didn't like their shared ethos is. 
So I've signed this new record deal and I said I was never going to sign a record deal, but they've given me pretty much the same deal that an independent artist would get. So, you know, when you're on a major, most majors give the artist 25%. They have 75. You have to recoup all your costs, all your advance, et cetera, et cetera. I've got the exact opposite. So I'm with BMG and I think I'm, you know, 75, 25 the other way. And I get to make all the decisions and release what I want, blah, 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 blah. But I've now got this whole global team working for me and I just wake up this morning. It's like, good news, Elliot. And it's like, we've got this, Spotify banner thing where any anybody in my top five countries for listeners so it goes UK United States even though I haven't got a big list, fan base in the United States obviously 300 million people there to tap into so it's UK United States Germany Brazil Australia they're my five biggest territories for listenership I get most of my streams from Brazil alone just from my collaboration with Calvin Harris that, that really? song was so big in Brazil that all my streams are pretty much just from that one song in Brazil but I've got this thing, this news has just come through, like Spotify absolutely love the new single. Um, and they're going to push it on a banner in those five biggest listener countries to anybody who's ever listened to Example, even once. Oh, that's fucking massive. Isn't and it? I was just like, called the label. I was like, what does that mean? He was like, mate, this is fucking priceless. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you can't buy this. I was like, what, what would this be though? I was like, in terms of marketing spend, he's like, you can't, can't fathom it. Everybody in the world who's ever heard Example is going to turn on Spotify on Friday in those five countries and be guided to my new single. So I was just like... That's cool. You know what's mad? Like, you know, like, I woke up swimming, like, first thing is waking up in a silent apartment and there's no sounds of kids running around. <laughs> and that, I, mean, I used to think, oh, that would be great, but you actually miss your Knowing kids, you're so going to see James and Darren was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like my little brothers. <laughs> and, then, um, and then just checking your text and then just going... Okay, no. And it just makes all this hard, you know, the effort again out of Australia, being away for the kids for six weeks, quarantining for two weeks, it just makes it all worthwhile. Like, like, like I say, I'm just like, this trip, I kind of built it up too much in my head and was putting too much pressure on myself. But I've just realized that good things are happening and for the right reasons. You know what I mean? It's not no fucking miracle. No one's doing me no favors. It's just hard work pays off. If um, once, it, once it's released and it goes absolutely mad, when it goes absolutely mad, right? We never know. When it goes absolutely when mad. When it goes absolutely mad. When it goes mad. absolutely mad, yeah. And they go, L, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. They want you here, they want you here, they want you here, they want you here. Would you change your plans for going back home at the time that you planned? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'd have to consult my wife about that. I mean, look, the good thing is, is she's got a family in Australia and luckily we're in Brisbane, so she, they're not in lockdown. Because obviously anyone, anyone who's listening in Sydney right now, genuinely my heart goes out to you. Because my sister's stuck in Bondi Beach and she can't even leave the house. She's got two kids. Fucking awful. Smith's dream. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. It's a tough one because, you know what? Secretly, I've always been quite happy I'm not big in America. Because even though everyone wants to be big in America, because it's kind of this thing. It's like the same as acting and music. No one ever... Probably, so I'm not necessarily suggesting you, you'd be like this, but even as an author, it's like, until you've been a New York Times bestseller, everything else you, you've done kind of doesn't matter. I, that's not my view. Yeah. But some people are like, oh, you've won a Brit Award, but have you won a Grammy, you know? But if things kicked off for me in America, that all of a sudden means that's an extra two months a year doing promo and touring. So what, what, what do you feel about that in terms of being an author in um, America, New York Times bestseller? Well... <clears throat> The Sunday number one times bestseller slot. I know that. Hopefully going to get that twice this week. <laughs> going to get my second one this week. But the, the, it's interesting to say about the American market because there's there's two ways I think about this. One, I think it's a huge market and 
the, from what I've heard, if you put your product in front of Americans, they buy it. Like they, they are the market that go, I like your stuff, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Like You've every, just got to be by the till in Kmart and you're sorted. That's it. And uh, I think even when you put like uh, revenue and spend over there for advertising, it does really well. However, at the moment, I quite like the idea of not being known in America because Darren and I were talking about this. I We'd never like, see you. I'd never see you. <laughs> but like, no, no. But I mean, uh, if wherever we are in UK and Australia, uh, it's very difficult for us to even go to a coffee shop without someone knowing who we are, what we do. And that's not a bad thing. It's fantastic. But I love the idea that Darren and I were saying we might go like backpacking across America and to know that no one knows who you are, no one knows what you do, that like we could just meet people and just say, yeah, we're personal trainers. And it would be nice to have that anonymity. But then on the other hand, you've got a market that can completely change your life. I think it will start yeah. like that. Yeah. And then it will turn That's one of my that. favorite things about America. If I ever go, go, went to see Calvin or Adele or Sheeran, I could actually go and stand in the front row. Oh, sick. And fucking enjoy the gig and almost be like, I've done it at a Calvin gig and a Sheeran gig. Um, and just almost been in the in the in the mix, right? In the thing, just there, not one person, maybe one person's just like, "Are you example?" You know, but <laughs> oh generally God. speaking, oh I can God. just walk, I can walk around a festival, I can walk around Coachella, I want and, I, I and need just to go do where I want, and like, but then there's also part of you, and then like I'll see how I just I've been with Ed once, maybe in uh, it was me, Ed, and Idris Elba, I think, in LA, and it was just watching people constantly. Ask He's a charismatic photo, dude. You know, just, I just Elba. I know. Yeah. Like, just and, constantly asking him photos and I'm just kind of, I'm the guy taking the photos. Yeah, I've been that and guy And it's actually before. really quite cool. <laughs> I've been that guy and he said no. <laughs> In my head, I was like, brother, you're from Hackney, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> Me and my old housemate, we used to watch Luther and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we used to try and do our best Luther impressions and he'd stick his head around into my bedroom and be like, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. <laughs> yes. he is, he's an absolute geezer. I mean, Idris Elba, real, um, Idris Elba and I, we were in, uh, we were at Pikes in Ibiza and this was just when he sort of like, I, I was headlining Ibiza Rocks every week for 14 weeks and I think he was my support act four or five times because it was when he was getting into DJing and he was just around the time when he was doing his uh, Long Walk to Freedom, my, uh, Nelson Mandela biopic and I'd had a bit too much to drink and I was like, I, I can do a better Nelson Mandela than you and he's just, <laughs> just like, what, what oh? I was just like, I can do a better than us. I was like, do you have Nelson Mandela? He's just like, he did, we'd only just met, so he didn't really know how to take me. And I'm like, the long walk to freedom. It's not a great impression. I was just trying. And then he sort of finished his drink and his burger and just sort of walked off. We became friends, our friendlier after that. But I just realized you just probably shouldn't try and do a Nelson Mandela impression to an actual black person who is playing <laughs> big Nelson <black> Mandela. Um <laughs> Good life lesson there, <laughs> especially considering what a, what a hero Nelson Mandela is. So there's certain impressions you can do and certain impressions you can't do. You know, <laughs> we, we've spoken off air at uh, length about uh, your nature of your touring model previously is like, go somewhere, come back, go somewhere, come back. And to you, the gap between Australia and the UK isn't that big because your family's there and you, you would go to the UK, do sets, come back just to see your family for two weeks and then go back. I did 11 trips back and forth from Australia to the UK in 2019. I remember you saying that. Now, the 11. dynamic... I spent 100 bags on flights. What a dick. That means £100,000 to my white listeners. <laughs> I actually got a bit of a discount with Singapore Airlines because I paid for them all up front. But yeah, it was a lot of money, but it was it had to be done because for the that, sake of my spine, you know what I mean? This yeah. dynamic at the moment of two weeks quarantine, no matter what... That, that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't go back and forth for that. Uh, it, for, I've said this before in pretty much you every podcast. You have time in a year. Like, no. 
Quite, if, if you were to do that, 11 trips times two weeks, that's five and a half months in a hotel room, right? People don't realize that solitary confinement is the worst human punishment possible. I'm, I'm actually look, really looking forward to the first three or four days because I have been going at like 200 miles an hour since I've got here. And I'm just fitting in constant people with everything all the time. Um, but there's stuff like this which I've been really looking forward to and I know it's going to be fun and it's beneficial and there's other stuff where it's just like oh, I've got to do that like imagine day 11 you're in a hotel you're like I just want to see my fucking but that's the thing kids. so I reckon the first three or four days I'm going to enjoy time to myself, I think, genuinely I, but I reckon after that knowing my kids are 10 minutes away that's but I've, got, I've, I've got a PS5 coming I went on StockX and bought a PS5 for a, I think it was a jib um, a grand sorry and uh, with an Aussie Aussie plug on it. Yeah. So that's been sent. Erin said that's arrived. Wicked. Because you can have stuff delivered to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. And then I tried to book a exercise bike rowing machine for the hotel room. They're all booked out. So I've got, um, one of my mates has got a gym. He's going to drop off a load of gym equipment yeah. and that. So I think you can get to a certain point. I reckon what the week is the breaking point. Mate, the, after the week, it's like, when I did it, it was... I actually had a great time in there. I'm not going to lie. The week... Yeah, you were just annoying everyone on social <laughs> yeah. media. You, didn't you go up like 30, 40,000 followers or something? 70. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but like the first week after you go past he's that... The, he's the quarantine guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that first week, you're like, oh, it's the hardest hardest thing is done now. And then when you come out, it's like, it's pretty cool. But for you, obviously, having the kids around the corner is probably if, the If I didn't one. have kids, I, I reckon it'd be a piece of piss. And like, do you reckon, did you get in better shape? I actually yeah, did you get came out, bit... you skinny little bastard. You've been secret fucking dieting, which means right. the money I spent on Uber Eats None. obviously wasn't going None. in this fucking mouth. It man. was, bruv. I was telling you, was man. Was you sending food to the hotel? But, you know why, though? Because he was trying to get man fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what so he was when you came to out, you were on the beach. He, hey, he wasn't doing it for like, I'm being a good friend. He was like, I need this. I'm eating out. Yeah, this yeah, bastard yeah, yeah. better be I eating. I sent you Wagyu. Yeah, I eat. I ate that. <laughs> See how he stutters? He's lying. I ate He's that. lying. I didn't stutter. I ate was you doing like prison style workouts and shit in there? I had a. I was getting in, bruv. I was doing 10,000 steps a day. I was on the assault bike. I was doing, I had dumbbells, bands. I, I, was, I did a workout every single Sick. day and I went in. Did bruv. you have a balcony? No, but I didn't have no fresh air. You didn't but, even have a window. Don't they, they allow open. you, they allow you up until? No, nothing. They let you have, they let nothing. you go for fresh air. No, but you will no, get a nice do. room. No, they don't. Now, nah, so in, in the UK, they let you have an hour outside. In New Zealand, they let you have an hour outside. In Australia, they don't even give you a window you could spit out of for most people. Yeah, yeah. You'll get. I spit on you. I reckon. I reckon you'll get. I reckon someone will sort you out. Do you like, reckon? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, unless, not you saying special treatment. I don't think I'm gonna get special treatment. I, I don't. I, I don't unless, know. Unless, unless you this, could. Right? I so about you could. three months ago in Oz, if you flew there to quarantine, you could. There's certain places in Sydney which were like penthouses with cinemas and gyms in, like three grand a day. I I wouldn't pay that, but I know some people who I did. Would. Yeah, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> pair of shoes for that one. Pair of shoes for that one. Seventeen books. Um, and then you go up to Darwin to Howard Springs. But it's like an ex-army barracks. And you get outdoor space, like a little veranda. Yeah. But then that's now only reserved for like over 60s and families with two kids. So I can't go to Darwin and do that and have outdoor air. And then you used to, it's like $2,500 for two weeks, standard flat rate all over Australia. And it used to be able to pay, you could pay an extra $500 for a balcony. You could pay an extra $700 for more space. But they've just switched it all up now. So it's you gone, can't pay. You can't buy your way. With it's gone it. full draconian to the point that I can imagine. It's good in a way for fairness, but yeah, they're going to be like, "Nah, mate, you fucking got your hotel room." Because apparently now <laughs> leaving this, this is a complete. Uh, I don't have any evidence about this up. Apparently, they're saying to Aussies now leaving, sign this to say you won't come back for two years. 
So a girl we met at an event, she goes, I've just come from Australia. She was made, <laughs> she was made to sign a document. I thought that girl wanted a signature. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she asked, imagine that your country saying you want to leave, you can't come back for two years. Do you know years. what it is? Um, I know, I, this is some insider information. Um, it hasn't really been in the press, but it won't be that surprising. But a mate of mine told me they're spending so much money on re repatriating people um, into Australia, the government. So if you fly home for the first time, like, you know, you're in LA or London, you're like, I really miss home. Are you a citizen? I really miss home. People are coming home, but they just want to visit their aunts or their uncles or to meet their new niece or just have a five, six week holiday. What, the government's paying for it. Yeah, because if it's your first time back and you're a citizen, they pay for your fl flight, your um, COVID test, your, you know, all your paperwork and admin and your hotel. Whereas if you come, if you come back, if you choose to leave Australia and then come back, you pay for it yourself. Well, hold on, Duran came back, and technically Duran was returning home to live in Australia. Yeah, as yeah. As but what I'm saying is, there's a lot of people who say they're coming back to live in Australia because they miss home and the world's yeah. fucked, but they're actually just coming back for five, six week holiday. So they do two week quarantine, have a month's holiday, and then they fuck off back to LA. So that's why the Aussie government are now saying, if you fly back to Australia, you know, to come back to live, you're not allowed to leave. I had to, you know, when I was checking in, <laughs> when I checked in on my way back from Sydney to London, I had to get an exemption. I had to go to the police or whoever at the border. They checked oh, my the passport. Border force, yeah. yeah, they checked how long I've been here for. And if I was, if, I think if I was there longer than six or eight months, they would have said, no, you can't leave, which I'm assuming what happened with you. But yeah, so the first time I went, I got bumped off the flight um, because there was an aerospace engineer who wanted my seat. And the second time I went back and I didn't realize that my visa had changed from a 309 provisional spouse visa to a visa 100 permanent resident so some because usually i'd be flying in and out of australia say every six seven weeks either to new zealand or to the uk or whatever as i arrived they would have gone hey mate your visa's changed congratulations you're permanent resident but because i was stuck in australia for 18 months my visa changed and i didn't even know so i went back the second time they wouldn't let me leave because i didn't have exemption and then the next day i think we had to send like 15 letters like headed letters of reasons why you know, I had to come back and fulfill contract obligations and loss of earnings because I didn't earn anything for a year. And then I got approved to leave. And even when I got to the airport, they check in your bags, give you your tickets, and then they have to call and get a clearance code. It's yeah, mad. Yeah, 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 and you got, and I got, I was like 18 pieces of paper. So you got your passenger locator form, proof of double vaccination, anti-vex. And then, and then you got your fucking, um, what's the other one? The, oh, the, you've had the, the PCR test. And then, how long do you see? And then this, a copy of your visa. How long do you see this thing in, in for? So like, you're. You I got, reckon to at least January. Most people are saying to at least January. I think if they if they have herd immunity um, by Christmas, which was what seventy five percent or something. I reckon it'll be longer. Yeah, New South Wales are saying even with eighty percent vaccination, they're not giving people back their freedoms with with COVID in the community. Are you serious? Yes, yeah, so, so dumb. Bro. They've, they've said openly, even when we fully vaccinate, you're not getting all your. That's so dumb. You know what's mad as well? Obviously, the UK was crazy, right? But from what you've seen in Australia, like, people tend to be quite healthier. So I reckon if they open up... They are in the cities, but when you go in the suburbs... Inland, yeah. They've, you know, got they've got the highest uh, obesity rate per capita right. in the world. Inland, Australia's obesity rate is higher per capita than America. Yeah. but is uh, it, that's, that's, a big, that's a big achievement. It's probably because of the numbers, though. It's a lot less, isn't it? How many million people? No, but those? mate, when you go out in the suburbs, even if you drive an hour out of Brisbane yeah, or an true. hour out of Sydney, everyone's fucking yeah, yeah. massive. That RSL thing, innit? Hit your schooners, mate. They're, they're big. <laughs> Surf and turf. There's some really fat, fat fuckers, man. 
But I do, I do feel, <laughs> I do, I did say, I do feel for a lot of I that. don't care if people listen to this. I'm yeah. not, I've got nothing against fat people. I'm just saying there's a no, lot of them. No, I know what you're saying. Them. I know what you're saying. I, I do feel for like, you think about the rural towns where people like, they, a car doesn't come through it like once every two weeks. There's a lot of them in Australia, isn't it? When you're are, just driving up the coast and they look at you. Hey, this can't. Terry, who's this? But it's crazy that you I can live in one of these rural towns where you've got a population of 15 people and, yeah. your, and your pub's been shut. And you're like, what? That, that's all they have is farming in the pub. And yeah. I, f- I feel for so many places in uh, Victoria, like everyone's moaning so, about uh, The farming community in Australia, man, it's, it's been fun, especially with the bushfires. Bushfires, droughts, floods. Like, you know, people are just having to like, you know, there's, they've got like fucking 300 dead cows on their land. You know what I mean? And they're having to burn them. Yeah, there was a really, really fun. bad, uh, the, what I hate, or the, I hate strong word, there was a really bad year, the year before where there was a drought and farmers couldn't keep their like livestock alive because there was not enough water. So, so many farmers had to kill their like livestock and then a lot of them ended up turning the gun on themselves because they didn't want to. Yeah, they, so, they, there was like fucking 20 suicides from like big farmers. It was like, it was really awful, man. And especially if that's like your life's work and like your parents and then your grandparents and you've been you, doing have this Have you ever seen Clarkson's Farm? On it's that? fucking amazing. Have you seen, it's unbelievable. Episodes, I think it's one of the best. I mean, like Clarkson, he can be a bit of a dick, um, but he is He's undoubtedly funny. very clever and charming and witty. But I thought, what a genius idea to not only educate people on how tough farming, farming is. is. Because it's, it's like one of those things that you never really see or hear about and you never really meet farmers. And do you know why? Because they were fucking working all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know they what? work yeah. harder than anybody else. And make a £140 profit. Yeah, I know. And, and, I, and like, even if they're making 200 grand a year, you know what I mean? Want, like the profit's 15 grand. Like, did, it's a mental industry. Did it make you kind of proud to be British seeing them out there on the farms and like seeing the countryside? I was like, UK's not all that bad. No, the UK's exactly. But I hate it when people now like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like pro-vegan propaganda and all of this and... There are a lot. There's a guy on TikTok called like Big Farm Randy, and he shows <laughs> he shows his farm in Australia where he gets the the vegans who are like, oh, you're torturing animals. He's got a field full of cows that he hangs out with, and they're all growing up, and he knows them on first name basis. And like literally, he's like, you you nurture these animals in fields for like months, and then they have one bad day, and then they're used for meat. But like, it, it's so crazy. But when you actually see farming, they have a lot of care for the animals. Obviously, there are some places in the world which are terrible. America. But so many, but so many people China. misinterpret <laughs> that. And you know, when people are like don't eat meat, meat-free Mondays, you shouldn't be having red meat; it'll give you cancer. Or people going like, you know, all of this. There are human beings in the British society, many of which that are farmers that will suffer because of this. Yeah, and, and they've and the farm's been handed down for seven generations. And I get so many people looking to protect animals, and I completely understand from an ethical standpoint. But why are you putting the values of an animal in front of your fellow human being? Yeah, I know. I totally get you. So it's a bit as long as it's you know free range and RSPCA approved and, and they're treated properly. What yeah. do you think, Darren? Um, when people like talk to me about this stuff, I, I'm like in my head, I'm like, "There's kids down in Afghanistan. You're telling me about this cow," and I'm like, "I, I can't, you. I can't even listen to you." I get <laughs> I'm you. like, "I don't care." <laughs> you I mean, know, like, I know it sounds I, I, a bit. Some people, I, I think, someone said to me, "Pigs are the most intelligent animals." You know, apart from fucking dolphins, pigs. What's are... a pig ever invented? <laughs> <laughs> Bacon. No. <laughs> no, I think someone said to me the pigs have the in, uh, emotional intelligence of a five-year-old. Five-year-old. What's a five-year-old ever invented? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about uh, ethical, isn't it? Yeah. How ethical it is. But it's annoying because the people that usually tend to be like that really radically, really quickly is they watch one thing. Or they hang out. It's with... like the same people who watch an anti-vax video on on Facebook. I, I found myself watching them going. 
I just said something about a strand that I didn't realize. And then you see underneath and Spike it's doc, doctor something, PhD, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's like anyone, you could, you could go and if they, no one knows you, you are in America, you could go in there with, if using a big enough words yeah. and Who's say enough random stuff and put doctor, dear and cartel, yeah. PhD Tell under Tell Dr. Dre man will fuck you up. <laughs> And they're, like, and they're like, I watched it and he's a doctor yeah. and he said it's true. So I'm not putting that shit in my body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But who's checking the doctor? You know, when people call themselves doctors and that. I'm, I'm like, getting an honorary doctorate in September from, from the University of London. And I would not do a YouTube video about vaccines or meat. Yeah, like just, just stay out of it. Personal preference. Yeah, I'm going to be a doctor of music. Are you? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Dr. Elliot Gleave. Dr. Elliot Gleave. And have a little badge when they're on a plane. They're like, "Is there a doctor on board?" We're like, "Yeah, what do you want me to sing?" Let me <laughs> let me let me do a quick mix on that. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying. He's got a heart attack. Wait, let me do a piece of chord for you. Start again. <laughs> and the heart keeps starting. Oh it's, my it's god! He's got a new song called Jumpstart. In it. <laughs> Call me defibrillator. Oh, I nearly. I was about to do a defibrillator joke, and you got there. <laughs> oh yeah people Good times dying. tough time <laughs> only tough yeah some big revelations on the show today today guys yeah I hope they don't take my doctorate away from me <laughs> are you excited about going home to Australia uh, are there mixed emotions at the moment I, no and the only reason is because I've just got so much unfinished business over the next few weeks I've just got so much to prove I feel like I'm fitting six months of work into six weeks and everything I'm announcing my UK tour next week um, 14 dates for January, February next year. Um, so if people check on my, but it's, when's this going out? Like this week? We can put it out. Well, when Friday? would you like it to go out? We can put so it out whenever. Friday. So, so, so when people listening will be like, that's today. Um, <laughs> Why don't we put it out in the next couple of days so people can know the next day when they wake up? Because some people might not be as quick onto it gotcha. as we expect. But yeah, the UK tour was announced um, next week. And I'm very excited because the last one sold out and I played the last completed UK tour in... Before COVID. Oh, so my, my London gig was March the 7th. Where was it? Um, like, what do you mean? In London, where was it? Oh, Kentish Town. Okay, sick. Do you I want played, me to I, send Darren and I's rider to your man now? Or yeah, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played Kentish Town and then flew home the next morning. A big party at mine until like 5am. Cleaned the flat up. Put the bed sheets in the washing machine. Packed my bags. I was at Heathrow by 9am. Got on a flight home. Landed in Australia on the 9th, uh, the, the morning of the 10th of March a week later we're in lockdown fuck mad isn't it every, and <laughs> it's fucking nuts everyone likes London though didn't she she loves it but yeah. she would never wanted to raise kids here okay That's and I totally idea. get that because we walk our kids down the hill to school I mean you see my house and where I live it's fucking compared to like London don't get me wrong it's some lovely, London's one of the most exciting cities in the world but yeah. do I A want to sit in traffic for 20 minutes just to drop my kid off at school no do I want to worry about finding a parking space no do I want my kids potentially growing up, getting buses and tubes to work every day with all the stuff that goes on in this city? You know, I mean, it's, it's an amazing city, but Brisbane's a lot safer. And, uh, and it's just all out on a Sunday morning. We drive five minutes. We're in a fucking forest. We go mountain biking. There's an electric barbecue there. You get the bacon on the go. Oh, rest in peace, pig. And um, good intelligent. And then go <laughs> yeah. and then go to the water park. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then come home and have all the family around. We're in the pool. We're in the garden. They're on the trampoline. It's just like it's just like bliss. You know what I mean? You make it. You're giving me hope. You're giving me hope. Give me hope. And the only thing that Brisbane hasn't got is a beach. But then Gold Coast is an hour away. And sometimes, have you ever oh, noticed yeah. when you're dating a bird, it's nice if she doesn't live too close. 
Well, he don't know that, no. He <laughs> said my wife is a bitch. <laughs> then you can analogy. make a trip out of it. You're like, kids, get in the fucking car. We're going to the fucking beach. Yeah, no, that's a good thing is like when you get summer holidays, we've got either Gold Coast, Burley Heads, Noosa. Noosa. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think, to be honest, I'd, we'd have, our house would be covered in sand if we lived near a beach. That's the main thing that people... As you can tell, I'm not really fussed about all this. Really? From a London yeah. boy in it, mate. Fuck no, no, mind. I love Australia, but I just, I don't know. Like, it's not. For me, I'm, I feel that. that You're living you my like, You like going back for what, two, three months? Yeah, it's perfect for me. You want to live there one day, don't you? I want what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Want, that's yeah. the life, I, man. But I probably want a wife who hates me a bit and she's always giving me shit. And like, <laughs> so you can go on tour? Yeah. And then we could just start <laughs> arguments so I can leave. And then I'll come back and she'll be like, oh, fucking, you're back already. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be like... <laughs> I can't Why wait. Why she talk like that? Why is she a 76 year old <laughs> woman called Diana? Like, I'm sorry, James. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to see Darren and be like, I'm in the fucking dog ass again. Yeah, yeah. I can't come out, lads. <laughs> Rebecca yeah. won't let me out. Yeah, Why so. <laughs> is this worse? That's, that's the life I want. I want chilled. I want, and do you know what? The, the sky's being grey here. It just fucks with me so much. Like, it, up, it affects my mood, seriously. Massively. And I think I'm conditioned now to being in Oz so long. Like, I don't care if it was 10 degrees colder every day in the UK all year round. Do you know what? I nearly moved to Norway at one point. I was going there to see a girl. <laughs> Mate, the sky's blue To see there. your friend, Yarna. It's colder there, but the weather's nicer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then in the summer, it doesn't get dark till like 10 p.m. Yeah. But then is... in the winter, it is obviously quite a lot darker. But even in Sydney, middle of winter, not for you in Brisbane, you're like, oh my God, I'm freezing, but the sun's out. And it's yeah. such a nice compromise. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And Norway had some hot birds. That's why I was there. And they have skiing. They'd be like, oh, meet me in Oslo. We'll go up to Lillehammer. They're probably my favorite things, hot birds and skiing. Can you ski, yeah? I'm a bad man skier. Really? Oh, and like you know the only reason I say that? I'm shit at football, shit at rugby, <laughs> shit at basketball, singing. shit at golf, great at singing, amazing <laughs> at skiing. I can imagine you with a funky outfit on there. I will fucking bun anybody on the ski slopes. <laughs> you know, I hate saying it, but... When COVID is over, which it never will be. <laughs> Chamonix, one year, Christmas. Oh, yeah. My mate's got a place in Chamonix. Have you ever done like a ski festival in like performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? That would be sick. I've done one in Andorra, one in um, Bulgaria. That weren't a big payer. And um, <laughs> I've done snow bombing five times. I headlined snow bombing and I had my stag do there. So I was to just the like... Owner, to the owner of snow bombing. We are here. We are we ready. Are here, we're <laughs> so, welcome. Yeah, I was like, how can we... Because I was like, my diary was mental. I was like, we got invited. Do you remember? We got invited well, to one of those things in... I don't know. Where was it? Do you remember? It was like north of the equator. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. We, so we had, I had my stag do at snow bombing. And um, I think 20 of my mates flew over. Some, some were there for... Like my bands were there for like the whole week. But people were coming and going for two or three days. It was fucking sick. And then my missus came over for the gig night and uh, with like three of her mates. So it was like a combined stag Hindu. Or as they call it in Australia, a Bucks party. Bucks party, man. Are you getting your backs? Getting your backs. Do you want to know a funny story? Oh, God, here we go. So when I uh, first started, when I first got to Australia, I thought I was starting PT in like January. But they were like, oh, your paperwork hasn't come through from the UK. You got to start in February. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do for a month to earn money? So I went to the opera bar and applied for a job. Mm -hmm. So like, that's how skint I was when I first got there. I was living in backpackers. I was living in Wake Up. I was 27 at this point. And they said, you need an RSA. I was like, excuse me. They're like, you need to have the, you have to go on a course to be able to serve alcohol in Australia. Do you know that? Uh, yeah. And you got to know. It's a responsible service of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but it's like what every backpacker does as soon as they arrive in Australia. Regardless of whether you want to work in it, it's like you get that or you won't get any job. But then I was like, but I'm becoming, I'm starting at fitness first in a fucking month. 
So uh, I got offered $50 mm. to do topless waitering at a Bucks party. <laughs> My mate at the time was a stripper. So he was like, I need you to just go pour at drink. a Bucks party? Not Bucks. What's one with girls? Just call it Bucks. Oh, hence, that's it. <laughs> Bucks. <laughs> Bucks. Not Bucks. Big man, clip hence. that, clip that. I need that I thought, content. Oh, <laughs> <I'm laughs> James, I can't <laughs> believe <laughs> Yeah, but he just said in Australia. <laughs> what? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Very much, it's a bucks party for a married. I didn't understand. But a second ago, oh, it could be a married gay you said, man. But hold no, on, you said Erin came out and they go in Australia. They call that a bucks party. I was like, no, I said, no, no, no. I said, I said, that. okay, for, I thought, for his bucks. Okay, I, I thought it was really weird because yeah, I was like, you got yeah, stag yeah, no, and you got no, anyway. Wow. No, no, so I was no. like, I was like, with your translation, I was like, for a bucks party for a hen dude, the birds anyway. Right. So I. <laughs> So I get the text. I'm like, you need to go here. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I was like, $50. I was like, fuck it. I was skin. I was like, that'll buy me like one and a half nights in the backpackers. So he's like, I'll be there in an hour. And I'm like, what am I walking into? I was like, bro, what do we do? He's like, just make drinks for people and stuff. I was like, all right. So I was like, probably going to be some old birds. Probably going to be like some, you know, classic hens. Like, oh my God, we're going butlins. I walk in. 11 birds. 25. Fits. <laughs> my man. And I'm like, oh shit. So I go in there and at the time, thank God I was in better shape than I am now. Rip the top off, start making drinks. I turn it into like a bit of like a rugby prelash. Like, you know, fuck, imagine if some of these are like listening to this now. So I'm like getting them drinking games and stuff. And like we're in there and then I look at the clock and I'm like, still not here. He was three and a half hours late. So then after the first hour, I was like, I'm just gonna have to get fucking smashed with them. It turns up three and a half hours late. Where was it? What was he doing? Other stripping jobs. Is this our guy? Yeah. Okay. Of a stripping job. So I'm living in Manly. This is going on in Coogee. You know, in Coogee, you got the bowls. The other side, they were like posh apartments. This yeah, is like yeah, a yeah. really nice Airbnb. Next thing I know, I'm partying hard with 11 birds who are Just 25. You. I'm getting eaten alive. I'm getting inappropriately touched, like inappropriately touched. Hands are going down my short. Everything is going on. I'm like, please please walk through that door. Every 10 minutes, I'm looking at the and door. And you like, wanted to write a fucking book. Why are you carry on doing that? <laughs> Mate. That's the life. Absolutely mental. And I thought, like, you know, I know what, like, masculine energy can be like. Feminine energy can be worse. Oh, mate. Mad. I know, I know exactly what you mean. There were no considerations for my feelings or my rights as a male. And I tell you what. You loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. So there's some people out there that are probably going to the airport and seen, like, that book and gone, Hold on a minute. He was at our box. <laughs> <laughs> I've been down his pants, Laura. I've been down his pants and it felt good. I don't know who was getting married that day, but James felt good. <laughs> hey, I've, I've, got, I've got some Snapchats because that's how long ago it was. It was the Snapchat I think time. you showed me him actually. Mate. And, and one of the wandering hands had an engagement ring on it. Oh. Shh. What's the craziest thing you've done for money? For money. Uh, you done shit jobs back in the day. I did landscape gardening I did when I lived in Australia. Shit. Uh, that was shit. I worked in a kitchen. That was shit. Worked in a mountaineering shop. That was really shit because I got, only got a job because they were like, have you done anything like are you climbing or camping? I was like, I was in the Boy Scouts. Uh, I was in Boy Scouts <laughs> for well. six weeks. 100%. Uh, but I got a job. That, the camping shop was pretty dreadful because I had to try and sell hiking boots to actual hikers. <laughs> and I was like 17 and I'm just going yeah so this one here like you know like Air Force a bit, bit more flexible and that and like you know the laces won't ever rip what do you reckon this guy's like I don't know he's going to work up Kilimanjaro <laughs> <laughs> 
them, them hiking boots kill me. When I see yeah. people on the tube wearing them, I'm like, where are you going, blood? No, the ones in Australia, they're called like Merrill's or some Merrill, shit. Merrill, they oh, love a Merrill. They, they love, love it. it. They're dead, bruv. Do you know what's weird? You know, you know Salomon trainers? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, really yeah. trendy now. How are they trendy? They're fucking butters. But, but you know, like the secret, <laughs> sneaker, the secret sneaker store in Australia. Have you been to the one? You've got one on George Street. They're all over. The ones that are really snazzy, expensive, where you get like... Yeah, you sort of like go down what some staircase called? and... Uh, Solomon. And the Solomon S- trainers. I thought they were Salomon. Oh, are they, they Solomon? Salomon? I thought it was the same people who did like the ski... They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen them in the trendy sneaker stores? They are so dead they're so dead oh my but for days. some reason people these yeah. dead ones <laughs> jamie they jamie. sell they jamie sell them oh on God. designer footwear stores for like 150 quid that's fucking mental it's yeah. ridiculous do you know what it's, <laughs> it's one of those things <laughs> the they're so they're so bad that they're like become trendy it's, yeah but that's do you know we've got to thank to that for that balenciaga with yeah. their, their Which, triple <clears throat> soul what the fuck? Yeah, I was bantering one of our friends at IFS about that as well. When uh, you see like roadmen wearing them though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like little skinny jeans and they've got like a big... Like, you know what the fashion is around here, like in these areas? All what? the rich girls uh, wearing broke up Air Forces that look like they're talking. No. Yeah, man. Like, do you know what? I've never seen I've been girls... been too long. I've never seen girls wear dirty trainers so much in my life. Yeah, it's mad. Is this a new thing? It's a, I swear, it's like the Air Force. It's like they crease them on purpose and get them on dirt. I'm like, there. Yeah, Doing this with my toes so my air forces don't crease. But the rest of them is like pristine or whatever. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it is actually quite concerning to the fact that like me as a person, I'm always trying to keep my trainers fresh. And it looks like a lot of women in Southwest London doing the opposite. I just don't get it because I'm like, you have a trust fund. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it must have been, st- it's got to be like, because a, a lot of these um, Southwest London girls, they, they base all their stuff on the like Kylie Jenner and all them, don't they? So if yeah. Kylie Jenner must have been wearing like a, a boob tube with some baggy denim stonewashed jeans with some brock up trainers. It yeah, has to possibly. be one of those guys. Unless they're vintage, but they're buying the 1998 model. Because uh, I swear it's all it's all the, the the Kylies and Kendalls and Rihannas and Hayley Baldwin. They're the they're the ones who are pretty much women are just copying, isn't it? I think so. And you know, you I can't, think so. There are other women who copy too. It's all about too. that baggy vibe now, isn't it? You know, baggy. like the cycling no, it's shorts. Like, it's like wearing baggy. a bra, just to wearing a sports bra or just a bra. With baggy and then a, a fucking suit yeah. jacket over Did the top with broke up trainers. Yeah. A lot of chicks wearing high waisted leggings, but the short ones, the shorts, yeah. with a sports bra, then like a jacket. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I, love that. I really like that. I, I do like that as well. I love that look, with nice like, trainers. You're like, they, they look a bit like a flasher. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd like to say to the missus, yeah, you, you got any long flashing jacket? Is <laughs> a yeah, it's a sick vibe. No, I do like that vibe for sure, yeah. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to, by the way. <laughs> I don't care. You don't have to explain yourself. I'm a, I'm a good person. Fuck anyone who's offended. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Go suck off a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> that will help the farming community. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, Dear and I are going to be making a music video for your new song. Okay. Uh, I'm like, so... Can you send us the file on Friday? Yeah. Uh, or we can just download it from that link you gave us. Um, I'll, I'll get I'll get a WAV for you now. Yeah, yeah. Are you all right? Do you need a WAV? Yeah, I'll take anything. Or an yeah, MP, I'll take MP3? It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how good does this mean, by the way? Hearing I'm not doing anal followed 10 minutes later by you shit all over the tent was my highlight of Creamfields. That's just the first thing that's come off my phone. Not examples, the headline, the highlight of Creamfields. I'm not doing anal. You shit all over the tent. Wow. I actually love seeing the TikToks from Leeds and Reading and uh, Creamfields yeah, as we can. Have you seen um, the video on Twitter that went viral yesterday of just 
people falling down a muddy hill. No. <laughs> so these lads have just set up next to a muddy hill at a festival and they're just there filming, waiting for people to fall down the hill. <laughs> I send it to you, there's about 200 people. You can see them coming, they're just like, everyone's like all proper wavy. And then you can just hear the guy behind the camera go, <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, mate, how you doing? They're like, yeah, mate. And then it's just like, <laughs> people just falling over <laughs> down the muddy hill. And the post is something like, Festival season's well and truly back. <laughs> it's so good to see crowds again. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it makes me so happy. Like, mate, I can't wait for you to see a gig. Wait, when it, that's end of September? No, not end of September. September the 25th in Chelmsford. So it's like, I've got five more gigs, but four of them you can't get tickets to. They've all sold out. Flex. If you want to come Isle of Wight, have you got anything on Isle of Wight? You can come with me to Isle of Wight. It might be, again, a helicopter as well. Um, and then <laughs> September 25th, Chelmsford Racecourse. I think we've sold like 3,000 tickets and there's Flex. about 1,000 left. Flex. What day is that? Is that a Friday? I think we might be in Newcastle. Oh, shut up. Wait, hold on, let me check. Oh, mate, James, Duran, I love yous. Will you sign me book? AYA, fucking in Newcastle. You say it's 25th? Yeah, you're busy. Fuck. Are we in Newcastle? I just, got, Newcastle. To plug, I just got to plug the gig anyway. And then 26 is Glasgow. Glasgow's going to be... Glasgow. Glasgow. But then we're finished. When so. people say to me, what's, your be- what's the best gig? What's the best crowd? What's the best country? It's like Scotland. Like, but you've played in 62 countries, Elliot. There must be, there must be another country. Scotland. Scotland. When you go Eastern Europe, you know, when you get to the Latvias, Lithuanias, Romanias... North of the equator. Um, you know, Slovenia, you get some pretty wild crowds. Yeah. Um, Can you so- not move that show? <laughs> but no, Scotland is always the best crowd. That, that's the, not your last event, is it? That's my last event. And then I've got two music videos and then I fly home on the 3rd of October. When's your UK tour? January, February next year. Which I hope, I've obviously got to get exemption for again. Fuck. Fuck. Do you know what? Does it not get excited to think about a time in the future where you can just fly to Australia and your wife pick you up yeah. off the plane? How nice would that be? It's mental that we've just become like... We're, we're fully accepting how the world is now. I'm like, it, if yeah. I want to fly, if I want to leave Australia, I've got to pay a solicitor a few thousand dollars and get a load of paperwork to get out of Australia. I've then got to turn up to the airport with a load of paperwork and then I may still have to quarantine on the way back. You're even also though stressing I've been doubled, as well. And I've been double jabbed. When you go to the airport, you're usually excited, but now there's stress. stress. It's stress. Do you know like, the worst thing for, get through? The worst thing for me happen. was saying goodbye to my wife and kids, saying I'll see you in eight weeks. Twice. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like there <laughs> hugging my kids as tight as I can like sniffing their hair because you love to smell like your kid's hair yeah. it would smell so good and then just like and then they're, they're obviously alright with it because like the little one's like bye dada I love for you <laughs> and then the six year old nearly seven he's like dada how long are you going for I'm like um, like seven and a half weeks he goes let me work that out seven times seven is 49 plus how many days was that three or four 49 plus four. I see you in 53 sleeps. You give him a hug, read him a bedtime story, stroke him to sleep, go downstairs, say goodbye to Erin, give her a hug. She's like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Come home two hours later. <laughs> Fucking hell. Exactly. Wasting my time. <laughs> Wait, Fucking idiot. Literally at the airport, I was like, babe, I'll see you in 20 minutes. She's like, what? <laughs> Wasting my and then time. And she's like, okay, just so you know, I'm doing fake time. <laughs> see you soon. I won't be able to hug you. <laughs> And do it all over again the next day. <laughs> and then do it again two days later and then do it again five days later. It was the fucking toughest week that of life. Been. That is why I was so emotional for Creamfields because I'd, I'd never been that. I just been get, I'm one of these guys. Up. I just get on with shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you got cancer. Cool, I'm going to deal with it. You know what I mean? So-and-so's died. All right, that's really sad. I'm going to get on with it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm a heartless bastard, but I just get on with shit. But preparing to 
say goodbye to your family for two months, three times, and then not knowing if someone's going to be at your gig because that, that's the whole reason you're there. Mate, it's been one of the, Do you the feel most like, roller coaster few weeks of my life. Yeah. Would you have brought them out if you... if So basically, like... I'd love to say to so many people in Australia, just come to the UK, let's do something cool, let's go to Europe, let's do this, but I don't want to put them through what they'd have to go through to get back. Exactly. I wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish it upon if, anyone. If if this if they were like, look, uh, example, we uh, really like your music, we're gonna uh, exempt you and anyone from the hotel, you'd be like, come out and yeah. then just fly back <laughs> if, with them. If yeah. when if things do go really mad, right? Is there any possibility of Erin and the kids being able to come here for say like six months or so? Which, like, yeah, I mean there is, but the thing you have to remember is is like do you want to take your kid? My kids have got a routine and ki- routine is good for kids. Like it's good to mix it up every now and again. They don't have to go to bed at seven every night. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's good to give them different food and take them different places and put them out of their comfort zone for sure. But is it right to take them out of school with their friends and their teachers at such a key crucial learning point in their life yeah, and bring them to another country and also like, spend £20,000 on flights for your family. Yeah. You know to do I mean? winter in London. <laughs> and then they come to London, they've got a nice big house, they've got a garden, they've got a trampoline, they've got a swimming pool, they've got all their friends, they've got their school at the bottom of the hill, they've got their bikes, they've got their fucking frisbees and their tennis rackets and then we're going, are oh, you going to stay in daddy's apartment in London? You two are going to be sharing a little room in a bunk bed. What? Yeah. You're not going to see any of your friends. What? You're not going to school. What? Can't, can't swim in the Thames. Nah, but massive, massive respect to my wife because she, she, we don't have cleaners, we don't have nannies, we don't have cooks, we don't have PTs. She does, we do Not everything yet. ourselves. <laughs> she does, she's a fucking strong woman, as you know, she's been on the show. How's her ribs? She's all good, man. She's, she's training like an absolute weapon at the moment. She's so fit and strong. It's mad. And like doing it with the kids as well. Because I usually do all the cooking and like I won't let her touch anything I'm like don't, you're doing it wrong she's like you fucking cook then but um, she's actually enjoying cooking oh nice is there going to be some events in Australia on the cards once they... I just announced two today did you see uh, uh, Perth and Perth Brisbane. on Christmas Eve which means I'm going to get, fin- get off stage at 10pm and get on the red eye flight to land back in Brisbane for opening presents on Christmas day sick oh, and then Brisbane New Year's Eve and I'm doing the midnight countdown Oh, sick. And I think that's 15,000 people on an old, um, like an old sports stadium. Oh, that's fucking sick. And that's like my new hometown now. If you're there, you're I'm going to try my hardest to get to, if I'm on Australia, I'm there. Mate, it'll be unbelievable. But that's if uh, New South Wales can get into Brisbane. Why don't you just fly into Queensland? Yeah, I've I've been thinking about that. If New New South Wales is in lockdown, you ain't flying to... Yeah. I can only get into Brisbane if I get PR. And they might not give me an answer till May. Oh, what? The world's mad. It's a two. It's a two year. Uh, two year wait for that. I literally, when I met immigration, I was like, "You can have however much money you like. I just want to go to us." They're like, "Okay, we'll let you know in two years." If I could give you mine, I would. <laughs> Thanks, man. I would. I would. Because if it makes him happy, I would. Like I would a fake passport. <laughs> and the Turkish connect. <clears throat> and someone dodgy on the Turkish Kurdish. My man. Don't so, forget. Same, my same. Man. Don't my forget, not just Turkey. My man knows, bro. You just Kurdish me. as well. Say wallahi, brother. It's good, bro. You know, we are here. Good times. What um, what would you want to leave people with today, Elliot? Like you say to him, come to my events, stand out my... What no, is it? We've already talked about the single and the tour. I'm just going to say, for everybody... I'm back. I'm fucking back, man. And it feels good. Do you say it to that camera? Where's the camera? Say it to that camera. Say it to all of them. I'm back. Back back.
I'm, I'm about cuz I'm about cuz Project X dot Well from Thank us you. it's been uh, great to have you back on again um, and yeah hopefully you know yeah, we'll we'll you you're not going to make a gig this, this 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 trip are you fucking I don't want to talk about are it are you busy like every Friday Saturday until till October yeah well I'm very happy for you genuinely but it's a shame you won't get to experience the best live show in the world I should I just just hope there's not a bomb threat in Newcastle. <laughs> we can all go. <laughs> oh, those famous bomb threats. Are, oh, mate, I'm going to blow yous up. You don't support the magpies. Fuck yas. <laughs> We're going to stick a bomb right under your jumper. <laughs> your axes are actually <laughs> sick. That's my PG and Duncan. And, and, deck, and, and deck Saturday night takeaway. You won't believe it. Who's coming up? Not example. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is available. YouTube, Spotify. If you've enjoyed it, share it to your stories, all of that stuff. I will be. Uh, examples on social media at example everywhere um, I hope you enjoy not only do I hope you listen to it and download it let us all three of us know what you think 100% use it on your stories and your insta reels but yeah the new single every single time it's called and it's I, and it is a very happy Banger. fucking song so I can't wait to make some little edits to that bruv thank you guys for I can't wait for the copyright to delete all my videos <laughs> 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 yeah. thank you very much guys cheers, cheers man. peace <laughs>